0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Eat This Podcast with me, Jeremy Churfus. Did you see the news last week of a marvellous new species of coffee that tastes as good as high-quality arabicas and is also much better suited to changing climates? Well, That new species is Coffea stenophila, and it isn't actually new. Just Forgotten and then rediscovered, as you might have heard on Eat This Podcast last June. That's when I spoke to Jeremy Hagar, Professor of Agroecology at the University of Greenwich in London. He and his colleagues discovered a few stenophila plants in the forests of Sierra Leone in West Africa. In that episode... Jeremy Hager told me how stenophila used to be grown commercially in Sierra Leone, but it didn't yield as well as Robusta coffee, which pushed it out more or less completely. Still, a hundred years ago, people thought stenophila coffee was pretty good. So, of course, I asked him the obvious question. Was there enough coffee that you could get a taste of it?
1: uh not yet so they did uh when we visited there was no there were no berries but i think it was in uh, january february this year when our colleagues uh visited again they were able to get a uh, a small sample literally a handful uh of beans uh, they sent them to us uh with the hope that we will be able to cup them uh, they they arrived just before we went into lockdown <laughs> So we haven't been able to try them yet, but also we have to, uh, it's very difficult to to roast such a small quantity of coffee, but uh, we we think we know someone who has a micro-roaster that hopefully will be able to to do that.
0: The good news is that they found a micro-roaster, Union Hand Roasted Coffee in London, and the results are in. Coffee experts have sipped and spoken. In the words of the latest Stenophila paper, published just last week, we are able to corroborate historical reports of a superior taste. Time to catch up with Jeremy Hagar. Where did the beans come from?
1: The beans came from the population of coffee plants of the Stenophila coffee from the forest in Sierra Leone. So they were obtained by a collaborator in uh, in Sierra Leone. So... He went back and well, yeah, he had found a, a a small population that was fruiting, and so he went and when and collected them when they were ripe and and processed uh, them to to send for the sensory evaluation.
0: And there was also a, a population on on the island of Réunion.
1: Yes, that's right. So after our earlier paper about the uh, sort of the rediscovery, so to speak, in Sierra Leone uh that stimulated researchers in, in CIRAD in the French uh International Agricultural Research to 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 look more at their collection. Well, I mean they realized they I guess they knew uh that they had a, a small uh, area or small I'm not sure quite how many plants, but I know it is you know it's a uh, probably more than we found in Sierra Leone, but it's you know it's not it's not like a, a hectare field or anything. It's a small patch <laughs> of the Stanophila plants. And from that, they, so therefore they, and then they, uh, of course, realized the importance of validating the quality. And so they, yeah, they, they, um, processed a sample from the, the, the next harvest that they had to also uh, evaluate the quality.
0: And you were worried about not being able to find a micro roaster. I don't know what kind of quantities were involved. How much, how much did you get from? Well, yes,
1: indeed, um, after it was uh, roasted and ground, <laughs> it ended up being, uh, you know, not much more than ten grams.
0: That's really not very much, is it? <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and and reading the paper, you had five panels with fifteen
1: experts. Right. Okay. So that was for the for the CILAD, uh, uh, sampling. Ah. Yeah, so okay. They had, they they had a bigger volume okay so i think they had about half a kilo i think if i remember correctly so then they were uh, they were able to then yeah send that out to different uh experts to to cup whereas the small the very small sample we had i mean it was you know it was less than 100 grams of of, of fresh green coffee and then after you've roasted it and etc cetera, etc cetera, and you know taken out the, also did a little bit of selection of the beans to take out the the damaged ones, you just end up with quite a, quite a small quantity. So that was done with Union Hand Roasted, uh, coffee, uh, company. So they did the, uh, the, the roasting and the, uh, uh, and grinding, et cetera. So they did, yeah, uh, a very good job on a very, <laughs> very challenging, uh, task. And, and
0: uh, overall, what did the experts find as far as the Stenophila tasting went?
1: I mean, sort of the summary is, uh, yes, yeah, so that was a equivalent to a high quality Arabica. The, the, the cuppers, so it was a, the, the cupper at Union Hand Roasted Coffee. Uh, she considered it was very uh, sort of similar to or on a par with a Rwandan, um, East African, um, flavor pro- type profile and on a score sort of Considered it just got into the, into the sort of specialty category, uh, category scoring level. Um, I think in terms of the kinds of flavor attributes, some of the ones that came through and perhaps that I, I mean, I also fortunately was able to have one sip of it myself as well. <laughs> uh, it is a, it was quite a, yeah. uh, sort of delicate flavor, as I would say, from my own point of view. Um, with sort of notes of a light black tea sort of being all the underlying, uh, quality, but then with some uh, quite a sort of distinct, uh, fruity aromatics associated with that. Um, uh, so I think some of the panelists sort of recognized apricots and blackcurrant, uh, sort of, and I think elderflower, uh, which both would be one that would sort of, Ring true to me. It, to me, it sort of had that sort of Ella flowery type uh, attribute to it.
0: Were you present for the whole process?
1: I was present for the cupping at, yes, at Union. Yes, yeah.
0: And, and was it exciting? I mean, how'd it go? <laughs> yes,
1: it was. Uh, yes, it was exciting. It was, yes, a bit nerve wracking. Uh, obviously, with the, uh, and uh, so there were also, uh, Aaron had also some other coffees. Um, I think a couple of species and a couple of hybrids, uh, they did not <laughs> excite. <laughs> yeah, this Senefella, uh sample certainly did. I mean, that was it was something distinct and unique. And yeah, everybody agreed they had not you know, really tasted quite the likes of it before.
0: But it was interesting because with the Syrah panel, where they had a lot more to, to be going on, uh, uh, quite a few of the judges thought that, the stenophila was indeed Arabica. So are they closely related? I mean the flavor profiles seem similar. Are they closely related?
1: Uh no, not at all. Um which is sort of part of the surprise. Uh yeah, that the stenophila is sort of uh, yeah part of the sort of uh, a guinea group of of uh, coffee species and they are not uh yeah they're not closely related to the to the Arabica uh, nor the, the species, the parent species of Arabica either.
0: Because Arabica's is way over on the east side of Africa and, and
1: this is yes, way over Egypt, on the west side. So, yes, I mean yeah. Ethiopia and a little bit of, uh, of South Sudan is sort of yeah. where it's native, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, when we talked last year, you were you were quite hopeful that if it tasted good, and you were very cautious about that, but if it tasted good, that, that stenophylla could help coffee growers to cope with climate change. So what can you say about that now?
1: Well, that potential would seem to be there. Uh, so, I mean, just the simple fact that, uh, in, in West Africa or in Sierra Leone, the stenophylla, uh, with the ones we found were growing at about 400 meters above sea level. Uh, so that is off, that's a much lower altitude than you would ever find, uh, Arabica, which would be you know, sort of thousand to two thousand would be more of its range. Uh, so of, so it is a species that is adapted, um, to, a warmer climate, uh, than, uh, than Arabica, but is, you know, you know, does now appear to have the uh, quality attributes, uh, not dissimilar from Arabica. So as, uh, yeah, with climate change, as Arabica gets pushed higher and higher, uh, and there's a limit to the degree that it can move higher, uh, up to, to, uh, sort of keep into the, within its climate range, uh, there's, you know, there's likely, To be more difficulty, shall we say, in obtaining high quality Arabicas, and so that is a a gap that hopefully Stanofilla can help to uh, can help to fill. Uh, I mean, I think more in the short term, hopefully we can get some uh, some small scale production of the Stanofilla underway and and have it as a sort of a niche coffee for its own uh, you know in its own right. Uh, But then in the slightly more medium term. Uh then hopefully also uh, as the scale of production grows, it can start to um, complement at least some of that high-quality Arabica niche. It's, it's currently, it's
0: a wild species. Um, mm-hmm. So how will it be brought into production, do you suppose?
1: Well, indeed, that is, uh, yes, a good question. I mean, there's two routes. I think from the Sierra Leone point of view, that the plants are, are in the wild. Uh I mean people have our collaborators have started collecting small quantities of seed to uh to establish. Uh well ha which are established in nurseries now. Um but there's a of there's quite a obviously there's quite a limited supply of seed because it is only you know it's probably they have probably are less than a hundred plants. Um so that's one source, but that that gradually will you know will will come into product. That will gradually build up. Uh, the other source is, uh, I mean, there there are one or two Stenophila plants in international coffee collections, uh, but from what we understand, it is literally no. Well, <laughs> there's one in Uganda. There used to be one in Costa Rica. It died about three years ago. Um, we understand there are some in Ivory Coast where Stenophila is also native and then uh but obviously, the French do have um a you know a small quantity in their collection in La Runion, and so I imagine that will be the other route uh that uh so in a sense that is that's not wild that's a collection of you know my my, my of uh, well we understand it was collected from ivory coast um and so that will probably be the other route that it will come into uh, cultivation
0: in the current paper there's a brief mention of of another species that I hadn't heard of which is not surprising called Coffea eugenoides Um, tell me about that one
1: Okay. well eugenoides is one of the parents of Arabica Arabica naturally uh, occurred when eugenoides and Canephras, so robusta coffee uh, they hybridized uh, naturally in the wild and then what happens is that often the hybrid itself Is not very fertile, uh, but if the chromosomes double up again, then they compare better, and then that forms essentially a new species, which is what Arabica is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Arabica is the result of a cross between natural cross between Eugenioides and Canepra. So there is the potential to do the same sort of thing between Stenophila and other. Uh, and we did, and in Sierra Leone, in the coffee collection in Sierra Leone, we did find a hybrid between Stenophila and Liberica.
0: So Eugenoides itself is not going to appear as a, as a, as a coffee for drinking?
1: Uh, it is being, um, I, yes, it, it, I think in Kenya, people were collecting it from the wild and have now realized it's quite good and so are now selling it separately. Uh, and I believe there are some producers. I think uh, it is quite a common species in coffee collections around the world. So I think there are some other commercial producers uh, who have started planting small areas of it uh, because it does have its own its own niche market. I understand it's a much smaller bean, but uh, but yes, it has good flavour.
0: You mentioned that in Sierra Leone they're collecting seeds and they're multiplying them up and. and- do you think it's possible that Stenophila will, will kind of get its revenge on Robusta by, by displacing it just as Robusta probably displaced Stenophila back in the day?
1: uh yes, maybe. I mean I think uh, I certainly hope I think it'll more be a case of complimenting. But we'll have to see how I mean when there's un we don't know how productive Stenophila is. We don't no, we understand the reason that it wasn't uh pursued further. Uh, in the past was because of the uh, lower productivity than Robusta. Uh, of course, that was under different market conditions. So we're hopeful that the high quality of Stenofilla will, uh, compensate for a lower productivity than, I mean, lower than Robusta. You know, Sierra Leone is probably never going to, you know, you're never going to compete with Vietnam and Brazil in, on terms of bulk productivity for the, you know, for the commodity market. So I think whether you're talking about um, you know, whether you're talking about Stenophila or Robusta or also Liberica. Um, uh, again, there's, you know, th- there's quite a variety of Libericas in Sierra Leone. And again, we had one or two cupped and a couple of those came out. Interesting. I don't think that's ever going to be a big market, but I think there's potential for developing niche markets for across all three of those species. Um, and I think that's probably the better route, uh, for, a small producer. Yeah, that's what
0: I was going to say. I mean, who wants to compete with Brazil and Vietnam on the commodity? That's a, that kind of seems like madness to me, but, but there could be a future for, for good quality coffee from, from Sierra Leone.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Mm-hmm. You're quite keen on Sierra Leone as a, as a country that needs
1: development.
0: Um, how, how do you see that working out?
1: Uh, well, yes, as you say, it, it, uh, yes, there is a need to, uh, yeah, for it to develop, um, markets and products to, uh, because it is still largely a, you know, a rural agricultural, uh, economy. Um, so yes, there is investment from, uh, actually there's a substantially, uh, EU funded program for agricultural development in Sierra Leone that is focused on tree crops. So I know, and, and primarily uh, coffee and cocoa. Yeah, there is some investment and some money there to, to pursue this. Um, and I, but, uh, you know, the, it, it will require, um, consistent investment over, you know, probably, you know, over 10 years to get that to happen, which is, uh, uh, sometimes one of the challenges with, uh, with development and aid money, is it tends to come in smaller packages, and uh, getting that long term, long term trajectory is, what's, is what is vital to getting the follow through. And maybe, maybe
0: some of the specialty coffee roasters, traders will will actually think it's worth investing themselves.
1: Yes, well, let's hope so. Yeah. so I mean, I know that there's a number who are interested in, the, obviously, in the. Standard Federal uh, itself.
0: Have they actually been beating a beating your door down since the paper came out?
1: Uh well we've had one or two contacts from some of the big roasters, actually since the first paper came out. And uh and we do have one trader who's interested in providing some support. Uh so yeah, we are hopeful that we're that things will things will be building up. Now we've yeah, now we have this final bit of evidence. This is a coffee that's worth investing in. Uh, we're hopeful things will progress.
0: Jeremy Hagar. it'll doubtless be a while before your local specialist barista will be able to offer you a stenophila, But the fact that it does indeed have superior taste is surely cause for optimism, just as long as nobody thinks the problem of climate change has been solved just because coffee may have been, quote, future-proofed. And that latest Stenophila paper is behind a paywall, so I won't be linking to it in the show notes, although they'll still be where they always are at eatthispodcast.com. And thanks to the generosity of supporters of the show, that's also where I'll put a link to the transcript just as soon as it's ready. As usual, I'm always happy to hear from you by email to jeremy at eatthispodcast.com or via Twitter, Instagram, or anywhere else you may find me. And if you're so inclined, you can find all the past episodes I've done on coffee under the link at eatthispodcast.com slash collections. For now, though, from me, Jeremy Churfus, and Eat This Podcast, goodbye and thanks for listening.